Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Not going to lie, this is probably... One of the hardest podcasts I will have to do because it's like the opposite of a usual problem, which is I got to find something to talk about. In this case, too much to talk about. Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And like I said, six reports today starting at seven o'clock in the morning, we got the mortgage demand and rate. And I'm not even talking about international because we got some data from the euro area on their inflation, which normally we might have addressed if we didn't have six domestic reports to get to. So, yeah, started at 7 a.m., ended at around two o'clock with the Fed beige book. And so what are we going to talk about? Well, because it is jobs week. And because this is the Markets and Mortgages podcast, we'd like to talk about what is happening in the housing industry. There's probably nothing that's impacting housing right now more than mortgage rates. And we all know that mortgage rates, of course, are maybe not directly impacted by the federal funds rate, but they are indirectly impacted. (laughs) I mean, technically, it's kind of like directly. We need to know what's happening with employment and inflation, because those are the two mandates for the Fed. And even though Jerome Powell spoke on Wednesday, and it was kind of weird because you know, I was reading his remarks. I didn't, I didn't see it. I was reading his remarks and all the reports I saw, they kept talking about like, oh, this is great news because he talked about the possibility and I guess the likelihood of the next meeting in December. They're going because it's the first day of December. Everyone, we made it until the last month of 2022 it's amazing man this year just flew by i guess it's a little different when we can actually go out and do stuff versus 2020 and 2021 so this year just flew by the last month of 2022 and we made it uh but there's gonna be a fed meeting later this month and pal basically said that we are gonna see a 50 basis point hike which would be a change from I think the last four meetings, it was 75 basis points. And the market's just very excited about that news. But what was funny is that his remarks, he pretty much said like, hey, we've got some good data, but this is far from over. And we're going to keep raising rates. And inflation is nowhere near the level that we want. And so it wasn't really as positive as many were leading others to believe and the markets reacted like it was positive i didn't think it was that great of a speech i mean i mean it was a good i, mean, I like jerome powell i'm a, I'm a j powell fan and i'm not saying his speech was bad but i don't think it was anywhere near as oh man we're about to pivot and rates are going to fall anytime soon but the reason i bring all of that up it is jobs week we get the non-farm payroll tomorrow but on wednesday we got the adp report which eh, you know it's it's had its issues, so much so that they decided to retool it a few months ago. And so the report supposedly is now better. I'll never forget that one month where they had, I want to say it was like negative 200,000 jobs. So they thought the economy 
in one month lost 200,000 jobs and then they had to um, adjust it the next month. <laughs> they had to revise it and it was like 500,000 jobs were created. It was like a 700,000 job revision, which I mean, everyone at that point lost faith in ADP. And so I, I can understand why they decided to retool it a little bit. We got ADP and job openings, and I think that's where we're going to start. So let's start with the ADP report. I know we're starting with a report that supposedly no one trusts. But like I said, they retooled it, and they were supposed, economists projected 200,000 jobs created in the month of November. This is private payrolls, 200,000. 200,000 was the number. The actual number, 137,000. Or excuse me, 127,000. Uh-oh. That's almost half, <laughs> a little bit more than half of what economists were projecting. So that came out at 815. And just go over it real briefly. 127,000 jobs created the areas where we saw the biggest declines. Because that's really what everyone's, you know, obviously we, Jerome Powell can't say it, but he wants to see the unemployment rate rise and inflation drop. And if we're going by the Phillips curve, which is funny because last night, I was having a debate with some friends about whether or not the Phillips curve even matters anymore. I think towards the end of the Trump administration, a lot of people were maybe wondering if the Phillips curve made any sense. The Phillips curve, for those who don't know, is this idea that inflation and employment have an inverse relationship. So the unemployment rate goes up, inflation drops. Unemployment falls, inflation goes up. What was funny was that you know, we saw this over the last decade, but really under the Trump administration, because when Trump got elected, I mean, a lot of people thought we were close to full employment. And while he was president, except for obviously 2020 because of external factors, the unemployment rate every month kept dropping and we kept seeing new jobs created, great jobs reports, and inflation never really got above 2%. And so all of a sudden it was like, well, you know what, maybe inflation and employment aren't as close together as some have thought, famously with, of course, the Phillips curve. And so now a lot of people are wondering, is does it even matter? And of course, the Fed, they're big believers in the Phillips curve. That's why they want to see employment go up, because they believe that will cause inflation to drop. And of course, there is sort of, I mean, there's, there's a reason why the Phillips curve has been kind of the standard, because it makes sense, right? If people are not working, they have less money, they can't spend money, less demand, for the goods that already exist is going to put downward pressure on prices. That's just the reality of the situation. And so that's kind of what the Fed is hoping for. So the, the big issue is why did we only see 127,000 jobs created in November? Because we saw a big jump. 283,000 jobs were created in mid-sized companies between 50 in 249. So where were these job losses? Well, we saw 56,000 job losses in small businesses, 20 to 49 employees. We saw 37,000 job losses in employers between 250 and 500 and 500 plus 68,000 jobs lost. So break that down by industry. And this is interesting to me because manufacturing data, if you've been paying attention, which we talk about sometimes here on this program, has been slowing. And we've seen a lot of the headlines about tech jobs being lost. And so 
it makes sense that, you know, information. I don't really know where tech jobs fall because there's no real tech sector in this ADP report. So it's probably somewhere between professional and business services and say information in both those industries total lost over 100,000 jobs. But what's interesting is that manufacturing by itself lost 100,000 jobs. And that makes sense, right? Because during the pandemic, we saw demand for services collapse, right? Because no one was doing anything. Where we saw the run-up was goods. People were buying things. They were renovating their homes, so they were buying, you know, raw materials in some cases, you know, they were, they were renovating their homes. Um, they were buying TVs. They were, you know, they were, they were, they were, they were buying goods. They, they couldn't travel. They couldn't do a lot of the things that they had been doing. Of course, streaming was involved. That would be a service. I get that. But we saw a huge jump in demand and now it's kind of cooling off. And so it's not surprising that we saw a big job loss in manufacturing 100,000, but also, of course, professional and business services were down 77,000, information down 25,000, financial activities as the market cools 34,000. So this is this is interesting because like I said tomorrow, we're going to be getting the non-farm payroll. And both ADP and non-farm were economists were projecting the same job creation, 200,000. And so ADP was a big miss, 127,000. This kind of opened people's eyes. They were they kind of perked up and said, "Ooh, wow, a big miss on job creation." So what happened with job openings? Because this report is looked at with a little bit more value. The JOLTS report, which has been confusing a lot of people, because for the longest time we've seen record job openings, record quits. People who are quitting, of course, feel good about the economy. They can find another job. So job openings, a lot of them is proof that there's still slack in the labor market, which is not what Jerome Powell wants. He wants a tight labor market. And this report gave, just like the ADP report, a little bit of hope, I should say. And it's kind of weird because we're like celebrating the tightening of the labor market, which is not good for laborers. It's not good for employees. You know, people are gonna be losing their jobs. People are gonna have less uh, bargaining power. So it's good for employees or ers. It's not good for employees. Normally, as a society, we kind of cheer when things are good for employees. But right now, because of inflation, we're kind of not. It's kind of a weird situation. So job openings actually fell exactly as expected, but they did fall. Last month, they were supposed to fall and they increased. And it really kind of threw a whole monkey wrench in this idea of a loosening labor market. So the job the number of job openings at the end of October fell to 10.3 million, which is what economists were expecting. I mean, hit the nail around the head. They said 10.3. We got 10.3. So where did those job openings or I should say where did the job openings disappear? Like where are the industries where they're no longer offering these positions? This is where it gets thing kind of interesting. State and local government led the way with 101,000 fewer job openings, followed by goods, non-durable goods manufacturing, as I just mentioned, manufacturing, 95,000 job opening loss, and then the federal government, 61,000. So we're seeing a lot of 
government participation in this job openings uh, report. And a lot of these job openings are disappearing, not in the private sector, which you think they would, right? You'd think a lot of these tech jobs, a lot of these tech companies. But then again, maybe they were at full capacity. That's why people are getting fired in mass. <laughs> they didn't have any job openings. Uh, interestingly enough, job openings increased 76,000 in other services. Finance and insurance actually saw 70,000 new job openings. So what's happening with the great resignation? Well, it's kind of a mixed bag. So we're, we're down from the peak. We're down about 11% from the peak. Uh, we saw a peak November 2021, 4.5 million quits happened in November 2021. So a year ago, we saw 4.5. Well, not not according to this report. because This report is from October, but it's, well, now it's December, but we just finished November. So we saw a high a year ago, November 2021, 4.5 million. This report had them at 4 million. But see, since we reached that high, every month we've seen a little bit decline. So every month it's been like, basically unchanged, but because it's a little, 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 now we're down 11%, but it's still 4 million. And if you look at the trend line for the last like 20 years, it's about 2.5 to 3 million is the trend line. So even though we're down from the high 11%, we're still well above, I mean, we're 33%, if not more above the trend line for the last 20 years. So the great resignation, I mean, it's kind of still going on. Uh, in layoffs, were little change as well at 1.4 million. Jason Furman, who is the former chief economic advisor to President Obama, said the labor market does appear to be cooling, probably not as fast as Jerome Powell would like. He said on Twitter, quote, the labor market eased in October as both job openings and quits fell and unemployed rose, which we already knew. He says, overall, there are now 1.7 job openings for every unemployed worker, down from the peak of two job openings for every one employed worker back in March of 2022. So we got an ADP report, worse than we thought, and job openings falling as expected. So... I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say, oh, man, this is proof the labor market's cooling because we've seen this before with job openings. They fall and then all of a sudden we had another month where they jumped what up completely unexpected. So it looks like we may be moving in the right direction for Jerome Powell to start making his decision about lowering the rate hikes. So he's continuing to rate or hike rates. There you go. <laughs> Not rate hikes. He's continuing to hike rates but he's slowing it. But still, I mean, let's not forget, like historically, like 50 bips, a 50 basis point rate hike to the Fed funds rate is a big rate hike. <laughs> it just doesn't look big compared to the last four, which were 75 basis points. So I think that was probably the most important reports that we saw yesterday because it directly impacts what Powell might do, which of course indirectly impacts the housing market with regards to mortgage rates. Now let's talk about something that directly impacts housing. That would be pending home sales. We got that report yesterday. Pending home sales fell for the fifth straight month in October, but 
here's the silver lining if you're looking for one. It didn't fall as much as expected. <laughs> so if you're looking for a silver lining, there's kind of one there. The pending home sales index, according to the National Association of Realtors, fell 4.6% to 77.1% in October. This is slightly better than the 5% that economists were projecting. But it's important to remember that a hundred, a, a index at a hundred is where we were in 2001 when they first kind of started this report, which is kind of a good baseline. So we're still well below a kind of normal housing market with regards to pending sales and pending transactions are now down 37% year over year. And here's something that's kind of fascinating. Not every region had a negative month. Three of the four did, but one was positive. I know what you're thinking, Tyler, was it the South? It had to be this. It wasn't the South. It was not the South. The West, of course, led the way. (laughs) It is crazy what's happening in the housing market in the West. The West saw the biggest drop, 11.3%. The index is now down to 55.6. They're almost half of a kind of normal housing market. The South was the second biggest drop. They fell 6.4% month over month, but their index is still pretty high, 90.6. So they're the closest to 100 by far. Well, actually, no, no I take that back. Not by far, by the by the other ones that, that fell. Um, the Northeast fell 4.3% to 68.7. So among the regions that fell, the, the South is still clearly doing the best, but there was one region that was positive for the month, the Midwest was actually up 3.3% to now having an index of 83.5. So the Midwest is not far behind. I mean, they're still, you know, seven points behind, but considering where like the West is, they're actually within distance of the South. Lawrence Young and a... NAR, I almost said NRA, <laughs> not, not the National Rifle Association. The National Association of Realtors Chief Economists said that the skyrocketing mortgage rates weighed heavy on buyers in October, but he's optimistic about the last two months of 2022, saying, quote, October was a difficult month for home buyers as they faced 20-year high mortgage rates. The upcoming months should see a return of buyers as mortgage rates appear to have already peaked and have been coming down since mid-November. So some optimism from, of course, you can argue if he gets paid to be a little bit bullish on the housing market, being the chief economist of the National Association of Realtors. But I think he has a point because if you look at mortgage rates, now obviously we're going to be getting mortgage rates data today from Freddie Mac. That's kind of the gold standard when it comes to mortgage rates, but we did get data from the Mortgage Bankers Association. They give us a weekly report, and of course, it's mostly about demand, but they also look at rates. And what's weird about this last week is that mortgage rates fell, and so did demand. Not a lot, though. Um, Total demand fell 0.8%. According to the weekly survey from the Mortgage Bankers Association, of course, that's looking at last week, purchases were down 4% and are now down 41% when compared to the same time last year. And refis, ooh, baby, they were down 13% for the week 
and are now down 86%. I'm still amazed that there are people who are, how that's not 100% is still kind of amazing. But here's the real the real uh, important part of this report. Mortgage rates continued to fall according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Once again, this is their rates, not mine, not town banks. Rates continue to fall with the 30-year fixed falling to 6.49%. That is 18 basis points lower than the previous week and is now down 67 basis points from the high that we saw October 21st. That's a big drop. I mean, it's still not as big of an increase that we saw year over year. Rates are up (laughs) 318 basis points year over year, but... We peaked October 21st rates were at, it's like, I can't do the math that quickly in my head, but they were 7.2% somewhere around there. And now they have them at 6.49%. The 15 year fixed fell four basis points to 6.02%. And the five one arm fell, it's a big number, fell 30 bips, 30 basis points to 5.48%. I mean, I was amazed last week when the five one arm was getting closer to six. I was like, the five one arm is getting close to 6%. Now it fell 30 bips to 5.48%. Joel Kahn, economist at the Mortgage Bankers Association, also like Lawrence Young, optimistic going forward, pointing out that the economy here and abroad is weakening, which should lead to a slower inflation or should lead to slower inflation and allow the Fed to slow the pace of rate hikes, which is basically what we heard from Powell yesterday. They're still, once again, they're still going to be hiking rates, but at a lower level. So does that justify the jump that we saw in the stock market? We shall see, because of course, it's a big day. We got PCE, and that is the Fed's, that's a, I always say the, the Fed's favorite. It's the Fed's preferred inflation gauge. If that's worse than expected, meaning that it's higher, I think we could see all those gains disappear <laughs> and that pivot talk disappear. Uh, but if it's what we expect or better than expected, watch out. And then, of course, non-farm payroll once again on Friday. So, woo, man. I got to have a drink <laughs> after the podcast, after the podcast. So a lot of data today. I, I Hopefully I got to at least the good stuff. Fed beige book basically was what you would think it would be. It was, you know, it was housing is slowing down for the most part. The economy seems to be slowing in some areas. It wasn't anything spe- spectacular. So didn't really need to bring it up. But tomorrow we're definitely Going to be talking mortgage rates and PCE, but we got to go. You guys enjoy your Thursday. We'll talk to you on Friday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.